Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker. Former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Those of you that check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, or see the highlight clips of the shows on social media, Twitter or Instagram, at Ross Tucker NFL. You can see a bunch of helmets, not necessarily all by choice, but you know what? It was a really cool temp job in my 20s, and it allows me to have so many cool jobs now, like doing the Eagles versus Browns preseason game yesterday. Like a bunch of podcasts, we'll have Sam Munson from Pro Football Focus on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast today, which is great because, you know, Sam already has the grades for everybody in preseason week two action that's played so far, which everybody I think other than the Jets and the Falcons. So really looking forward to getting Sam's breakdown of what we saw from these guys in preseason week two which matters a lot. I, I it, it drives me crazy when I hear all these people say, oh, preseason doesn't matter. Oh, really? It's only the most important snaps of the lives for the guys on the field. And my boy Emery Hunt knows that. And Emery, I believe last night, Emery, were you at the Giants game last night? I sure was, Ross. So listen, I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm not even looking for a pat on the back. I just want everyone to know that I did the Eagles-Browns game and then drove five hours back home. And when I got home, I couldn't sleep because I can't sleep, Emory, after a drive like that. So I watched the whole first half of my Eagles-Browns game till like 11. And Emory and I are recording this at 645 because of different um, timing issues. Emory, you were at the Giants game last night. What time did you even get home? I got home at about 11 and then I had to first, I had to hot tail it from MetLife back home to get in front of the camera. Cause I had to be on CBS sports HQ at 1130 to do uh pre week two recap winners and losers, rookie standouts and preview to Falcons jets game. So I didn't get to bed. Cause again, I'm like you, once you done like stuff on camera, you're wired. And so, you know, you, I didn't get to sleep till like one o'clock. Because he's still amped up, juiced up from just you know giving analysis, just being on. 
um, it's hard to go back to sleep. To- it, it, you're totally true. Like, I, I cannot go to bed for at least a couple hours after a game. And I do caffeinate a little bit while I'm doing the games, but you're still, it's not even about that, to be honest. It's just, you're wired. So, look, and I've said it before, I'll say it again. I love people that love football. I love Emery. Uh, Emery might be like, Emery might love football more than me and he might be a harder worker than me. So maybe I need to stop working with Emery because now I'm starting to feel bad about myself because Emery is an absolute rock star at F ball game plan on Twitter, football game plan on YouTube. And then of course you can get already the football game plan.com slash 2023 draft guide. Now, Reminder about what this show's about and why you should watch or listen. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, by the way. Once the season really gets going, now it's week zero and there are some games this weekend, but we had to get to the non-Power 5 studs from Emory because I feel like that's almost your specialty. Like, I, you know, obviously Emory knows all the Power 5 guys. We went over every conference. But nobody is as locked in on group of five and below as Emory Hunt. Nobody. I, you, you can't tell me a guy out there that has as good of a feel. Like, in all sincerity, Emory should be a consultant for every NFL team that should say, Emory, who are the D2, D3, NAIA, FCS who are the guys that we really need to check out? Because Emery knows. And that's why I love him. Has anybody, I mean, you probably got to be the point now, Emery, where teams, maybe you're not getting paid as a consultant, but there's got to be guys that reach out to you and say like, hey, who are we missing? Who do we need to check out? It's funny, Ross, you say that because it's been multiple uh, guys and separate teams. Because uh, they again, they see me out and about at different games and a lot of them are at fcs games and they're like hey i know you were at so-and-so anybody stood out to you and say oh yeah so-and-so did i I checked him out blah 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 and um you know it works that way or they'll see me at alternate league games whether it's you know an xfl showcase or talking usfl or up in canada um so it's, it's it's cool to see um the consultant thing is interesting because a couple of agents hit me up as well asking about consulting and you know i just got to make sure it's it's the right thing to do in terms of not being exclusive because i still like the freedom of being able to say and do all of what i already do and if it fits into that that you know scope then i'm all in for it so i'm still uh sifting through some opportunities there uh, so to speak but you're right um you know it's 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 crazy how when you are at places you stumble upon like who knew about Justin Watson? Again, I'm not saying NFL teams didn't know. NFL teams know everything. But I'm at the Villanova Penn game. First time they beat Penn since 19, since World War II, I think. Um, and Watson goes off for like 200-something yards against a very good Villanova secondary. And now look at him. From from that point, you know, he went to the Shrine game, did really well. Um, you know, Then he gets drafted by the Bucks, core special team, and because the depth's so deep. And um, now he's enjoying success as he should have as a receiver uh, with Kansas City. So stuff like that, it, it pays to be out and about um, no matter where the football is being played. And I'm like you, I love preseason because you see all this stuff play out. 
He's going to have a big year. And I think you were going to say who would have known about Justin Watson. And I was going to say me. Yeah, right. <laughs> because number one, I saw him absolutely light up Imhotep Charter, his senior year of high school for South Fayette. And I couldn't, I mean, I thought Imhotep was going to win the state championship easily. And Jay Watt, as they call him, just annihilated them. And then he's probably the best Ivy League football player that I saw in my time, which was like 10 years doing the Ivy League games. He was three-time runner-up for player of the year in the league. Three-time run. That hurts my heart, by the way. Um, <laughs> but he's in the NFL, so I'm sure it, that, that, that that's okay. So here's the thing, though. And here's why everybody needs to spread the word about the show. We really are three podcasts in one. It's a college football podcast where you'll hear about the biggest games, but then it's also a college football betting podcast because Emory will make his picks against the spread, but then it's also an NFL draft preview podcast because in the context of talking about the biggest games and the spread, we'll talk about the best prospects. So I, I call it the threefer. I think it's awesome. I think Emory's awesome. I'm as big a fan out there as possible. And those agents, by the way, Emory, are geniuses. That's exactly what they don't know who the good, you know, guys are at that level. All they do is get the Blesto list or the national list and then just start going off of that to try to get guys. That's how I got a call. Um, you know more than those guys do. So uh, I love it. And I love today. Because it's kind of like the Emery's faves, right? These are the non-Power 5 guys that Emery really wants to talk about. Uh, it seems like a bunch of quarterbacks, a couple running backs. Let's start with a running back at Central Michigan. I've got at least three MAC games this year. So maybe I'll, I've never done a Central Michigan game. Never done a Chippewa game. Don't even know what a Chippewa is. But I do know that evidently they have a pretty good running back in Lou Nichols the third. Yeah, Listen, Ross, he is he is fantastic. Before we get into him, I got to ask your question, uh, opinion, and thoughts on the Kayvon Thibodeau block yesterday. I, I, I swear I tried to say, hey, that it may be it may look bad, but it wasn't illegal, wasn't a bad block. He he took on the block wrong. Um, therefore, it looks egregious. The guy wasn't intentionally trying to hurt him. What were your thoughts on that block if you've seen it? Saw it a lot. Looked really bad because of how awkwardly Thibodeau took on the block. And also because Moss didn't go low till the very end, which, by the way, is exactly how you're supposed to do it. If you telegraph that you're going low early, you're going to whiff. They're going to see it coming and they're going to you're going to miss the cut. Anytime you're cutting at any level, but especially in the NFL, you really need to make sure that you stay high and look like you're high and then you go low. And as long as you're within the tackle box and really two yards within the tackle box. So there's like an imaginary two yard zone outside the tight ends. Anything inside of that is fair game for cut blocking. You know, we see that all the time, that cut block on the backside. That's split zone. You know, you have everybody going zone one way. 
the tight ends job, they're not going to be able to stay high on those blocks. They come back. I'm actually surprised that Thibodeau took it on as poorly as he did. And it was especially awkward because it was like he only cut the one leg and that one leg was like bent the other way as opposed to Thibodeau, you know, being undercut and like falling forward like a tree. Thibodeau was like chopped, if that makes sense. Um, but absolutely legal block. I think people just aren't used to it. Maybe it was the camera angle. Maybe it's because it's a preseason game. Maybe because it's Thibodeau. Uh, but everything about that is legal, and it really is a good job by Moss. Thank you, Ross. That's all That's all I needed to hear. Um, Lou Nichols, when you watch the uh, Chippewas play, and keep this in mind when you're watching the Chippewas, Jim McElwain is their head coach. You go back to his time in Florida. What were they known for? O-line, run game. Look at who they already pumped out into the NFL. Two tackles were, were drafted from Central Michigan last year. Lou Nichols running the football has good contact balance, good vision, good patience, and does just does a great job in just understanding the run game. He looks like he plays for Auburn in terms of their type of backs that they like. You could drop him right in that Auburn backfield, and he'll pick up right where Tank, Tank Bigsby uh, left off or whatnot, or will leave off. So I'm a big fan of Lou Nichols. I think he's someone that, that has uh, day two potential as a tailback. Very impressive skill set, uh, performs well against the bigger teams that they play. I think they are one of the more underrated teams in the MAC this year. I didn't realize these next two guys are still at Nevada. You know, I guess, Emery, with the COVID year, wow. I mean, Toa Tua, the running back, and Dom Peterson, the very uniquely built D lineman, um, They've been there a while. Wow, they've been there a long time. Because my first game for CBS was 2018, Emory, and it was Nevada at Toledo. And I was able to, um, I think both these guys, definitely Toa Tua um, or Toa Tawa was in the game. And then I think Peterson was as well. Why don't you start with Toa? Yeah, I like Toa, man. and. You know, it's funny because we all watched during the pandemic year the the special Nevada season when they were, you know, climbing in the top 25. And, they, you know, Mountain West game was taking the place of that 230, at 330 slot a lot of weeks uh, in the, on CBS. And so we saw a lot of Nevada. And Tower was just run, running the football really well, just a hard runner. You could see him carving out a long, lengthy career in the NFL as a core special team with his reckless um, take no prisoners type style. But I love how he's always falling forward. He's going to find yards. He's going to be a good short yardage goal line runner as well. Even a four minute offense guy that can close out a game. And when you talk about Peterson, you're right. Unique because he can play across the front, to be honest. Um, there are some games where he's playing essentially a five tech. All of this is essentially the tackle, but he could play uh, across those type of uh, techniques. You can see him as a nose tackle. You can see him as a three. You can see him as a five. He's quick off the ball, has a nice little, you know, uh, array of, of pass rushing moves at his disposal. And I think he's fantastic in that regard because we know how the NFL t- is you more than me in the, in the sense that the more you can do up front, the better your chances are of not only sticking but sustaining uh, a career at the next level. So I like both guys, but you're right. 
they got to be at least 48 years old because they have been there for I thought Toa Tower would have came out last year. Matter of fact, he was on the NFLPA collegiate bowl list. Um, and then he decided to go back to Nevada. So again, I can't wait until we get past all of these COVID years because I have no clue who's eligible or who's not. So um Dom Peterson, by the way, I would just add to that. He he he's got a Jarrell Casey body type. Remember yes. Jarrell Casey for the Titans, mm-hmm. where it's like, I don't really that guy, like six foot, like a little bit sloppy. That guy plays his you know what off. He plays his fanny off. I think he'll be uh, a D tackle in the NFL. I think he's got a real chance to stick as a rotational D tackle. He's got power. He's got quickness. You know, it doesn't matter what the weight looks like if the weight can move that fast and is that quick. And that's Dom Peterson. Let's get to a quarterback who I've heard a lot about. I haven't really watched him, Emery. Grayson McCall at Coastal Carolina. Well, he's coming from the Sun Best Conference. We're also, obviously, I've seen a ton of him um, with Coastal Carolina. Again, one of these guys, you don't know what his classification is. I remember him jumping on the scene as a freshman, um, but it feels like he's still a freshman, but some say he's in this draft class. He could be a redshirt junior. Who knows, Ross? But I do know this. The dude can spin it. I like how athletic he is. Like, people don't realize their offense is sort of up-tempo, um it's that shotgun almost spread option type deal and yeah. when you watch him run you you see like man he is picking them up and putting them down like it's almost how josh allen used to run at wyoming where he could rip off a long run you're like man i didn't think this dude can move like that that's a grayson mccall now a lot of his passes tend to be a little bit flat line so you want to see him develop a little bit more arc on his deep ball but watching those receivers and tight ends that they pumped out you know cameron brown uh Isaiah likely right now starring with the with the Ravens so they've had Shamari Jones at, at running back so they've had some talent and he's been able to showcase his passing skill set and that year they went they were in the top you know 15 uh the year they beat my Cajuns he played a big role in that so I think he's one of the more under the radar uh quarterback prospects in this class if I had to pick a scholar Thompson for this draft class it would be Grayson McCall I just love the way he plays By the way, make sure you are following both at Ross Tucker NFL and at Ross Tucker pod on social media this week. I got some Madden codes to give away. So very excited about that. Giving away some free Madden codes at Ross Tucker NFL at Ross Tucker pod to see further details. What about an O-lineman from Troy named Austin Stidham? He's been starting. He redshirted in 2017. That I do know. So he's been starting since 18. So that puts him right on par for his fifth season. So he's probably on schedule. He's been a left tackle. He's been really good for Troy, but I feel like his home at the next level is inside as a guard. I feel like he tends to wait a little bit to get his hands on a defender so that could put him in conflict a little bit uh, at the line of scrimmage where guys can get that one-arm stab and, and sort of walk him back. But as a position blocker in a run game, the outside zone game, he does a fantastic job. You kick him down inside, and you have a really solid guard prospect because he's listed as 6'4 or 6'5, but we know Ross, that's probably 6'3 and a half at Troy. So he's about 300 pounds. I think he's a guard all day. I love his athleticism, his body lean, um, and to be that productive as a starter, you know, two time 
uh, first team all Sun Belt performer. I think Stidham is someone that's going to find himself in one of these second tier All Star games. You may see him at an NFL PA. You may see him uh, either at a college gridiron showcase or a hula bowl, but definitely someone that's going to be playing on Sundays. You got two tight ends from America's team, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. They got two tight ends, Emory. Really? They got two pro prospect tight ends, Johnny Lumpkin and Neil Johnson? Ross, it, it, listen, every year there's sets of prospects coming from Louisiana, right? When you think about one year, maybe, oh, there's, there's two corners. You know, one year it may be there's two running backs, Trey Regis and uh, Raymond Callie, the two corners, Ike Taylor, Charles Tillman. One year there may be a bevy of receivers. You know, some have transferred on to LSU. We're not going to talk about those guys. Now we're going to talk about the tight end position. We talk about O-Lyman. You know, Osiris Torrance is now in Florida. Max Mitchell goes and gets uh, drafted by the Jets. But this year we got tight ends. Like, so we always have talent, Ross. And Johnny Lumpkin is the guy that's your traditional inline guy. He could block. He he has good skills over the intermediate area of the field. You know, your standard, you know, catch, get up field type guy. Neil Johnson, um, he popped up on the senior bowl watch list uh, because he was a receiver, but he's going to be more uh, along the lines of your flex tight end. He's a big receiver. He's like 6'3", 230. So you figure he's going to be more along the lines making that switch to tight end, more of a, um, you know, that that H-back or flex type that you could kick out on the perimeter and let him go get it at, at the top of the apex of the route. So he is someone that's going to blow up this year. Um, so having two tight ends, some teams struggle to have one defenses struggle to cover one and let alone two i think that helps out um this offense this season for the raging cajuns but johnson is the receiving type lumpkin is the more balanced type both guys are nfl players and then there's a safety at louisiana you like as well so oh no they didn't get three of your 10 they got three of 11 because you actually have 11 guys because you had two tight ends but anyway you got a safety in here from louisiana as well braylon trahan yeah, Trahan is someone that's been a Cajun for a, a stretch, and I like his instincts. Um, I think he's more of a box safety uh, because he kind of he kind of sees a game that way. So he's a top down guy. Like he'll see, plant, and just drive on the ball and try to separate man from ball. He has solid ball skills, but I, I think he's best served um, as either that third safety or uh, that big nickel sort of you know alley defender i like him in that role and if he grows into you know a guy that can be a a center fielder that's fine but i feel like as a top down guy that's where trehan's skills set lies i think he's another one of these nflpa type guys uh, that will see he'll run well um he has good ball skills instead he gets so enamored with you know trying to you know drive on the ball carrier or drive on a receiver that he'll miss the opportunity to make the turnover in favor of the big hit, but I like his game. You got a couple quarterbacks up next. Um, This is cool. I think Army, I think I'm calling a Georgia State at Army game this year in October, and evidently Georgia State has a pretty good quarterback you're going to break down for me in Darren Granger. Yeah, here's the thing about Darren Granger. He started his career at Furman, was really good at Furman. I was watching a Furman game when he was there. I was like, man, this quarterback – He's got some skills, man. I kind of like him. And I I sort of expected him to stay at Furman, but Furman had so much depth. Uh they had a, he got he got banged up a little bit. The next guy came in and was good too. So he's just kind of stepped back and said, oh, I'm a transfer, but ended up transferring up to Georgia State. And they had a good quarterback there. He ended up taking his job 
and he became the entrenched starter. What I like about him, good field general, distributes the football really well, good athleticism. You know, the, the only knock he's on that, he's on that spectrum of Jaden Daniels, um, Justin Blackman, uh, you know, where he's he's built like the number one. So you kind of <laughs> want to see him, you know, bulk up a little bit, but he's he's a legit 6'4, about 200 pounds. Um, doesn't make mistakes with the football. And he he he's a problem to deal with because if you're making the right decisions um, and just getting the football out quickly on time, running when you have to, it makes that offense just kind of go and it makes them a problem. Now, how they factor in this year, they're, you know, retooling up front along the offensive line when their offensive lineman was, you know, is now with the Chicago Bears and Gallimore. But we'll see how that, that works out for him. But I like Granger and, and Tim DeMorat for them. Um, he's fantastic, man. I, I he was fantastic from day one, Ross. Um, as a freshman, and you know, they they got themselves a really good one. He's like six fourish. Um, kind of reminds me a little bit of, of of Jim Everett to throw a, a you know football, a old school football reference out there. A guy that could just wing it. Um, got good touch on his deep ball. Um, he's a fearless guy. You know, you saw that against Nebraska a couple of years ago when he just was getting hammered at, you know, against the Cornhuskers, but kept fighting, kept swinging. Um, and you like that. You kind of have to have that if you're playing ball in the Bronx. And, and I know Coach Collin has a fantastic uh, quarterback out there in, De, in DeMorat. Uh, he's been on the radar for quite some time. And, you know, he's someone that's going to be one of these. You know how we talked last year about Cole Kelly coming from southeast Louisiana. He popped up on. Uh, the Hula Bowl and the NFLPA radar was in that ball game. Demorat to me is the FCS quarterback that's going to be next in line to be in an All Star game because a lot of scouts like what he brings to the table. You know, I did a Fordham game his true freshman year against Georgetown. You might have been there, I don't know, but that <laughs> was a long time ago, dude. That was 2018 at the latest. Might have been 2017 or 2016. That's another guy that I can't believe is still in college. I mean, he's been there a long time. And uh, Fordham's had a really good team. They just kind of can't get over the Holy Cross hump in the Patriot League. We'll see if they're able to do it this year. Last but not least, Emery, you've got Ellis Merriweather from UMass. I had to add him on this list, man, because it ties into – uh, one of my favorite future bets going into the season. So the line for UMass over under win total is two and a half. So it sounds easy, but we're talking about UMass football right here, Ross. But there's a lot of factors at play. They get new head coach Don Brown. We understand they have you know eight to ten returning starters on defense, which was terrible last year. Now, that could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. You know, you have the same guys coming back on the defense <laughs> that gave up 42 points a game. But Don Brown, you factor in, he should at least cut that number in half. So let's say they give up 24 points a game. Their first five games, they got an opportunity to get three wins, Ross. Stony Brook, shout out to Stony Brook. Very good Colonial Athletic Association squad. But UMass should be able to eke one out there. They beat UConn last year. So that could be win number two. Now they just got to find another win, which could come from Eastern Michigan, uh, they have an outside chance of upsetting uh, Liberty, breaking in a new quarterback, no Malik Willis, and New Mexico State is on a schedule. So they could get to three wins. But the big reason why I'm so confident that they can get to three wins is Ellis Merriweather, the running back. He's legit 6'1", 
about 225. He kind of reminds me, if you watch the USFL in the spring, of Mark Thompson, the running back for uh, the Houston Gamblers. It's a big physical runner that you could legitimately see defenders get frustrated as the game goes on trying to tackle him. Merriweather gives these guys a chance. And I, I said all that to say this. When you have a defensive-minded head coach, you know the, the mindset is going to be, okay, run game, defense, keep it close. Let's let our defense win it or our special teams win it. UMass, with a lot of returning lettermen, a lot of returning starters, and a big bruising back that can run, catch the ball in the backfield, has a little bit of wiggle, has some burst. Um, so he plays a pro game. He's kind of like Gus Edwards in that regard, too. Um, so with that being all of the backdrop, I, I like Ellis uh, Merriwood. I think he has a chance to, to really be the pro prospect coming from UMass that'll help them get over two and a half wins this season. Check out this man on social media. Love it. Who goes right from Tim DeMorad at Fordham to the over win total on UMass at two and a half games at F ball game plan or football game plan on YouTube. And listen, make sure you're following at Ross Tucker pod and at Ross Tucker NFL going to be giving away some Madden codes this week that should get you pretty excited. Next week, it's week one of college football. Some incredible matchups. We'll talk about the best players in the biggest games. Emery makes his picks against the spread. Should be awesome. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.